It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder continue training camp today. They have another preseason game on Sunday. We break down what happened at training camp today. Also, the NBA GM survey came out. What do they think of Shea Gilgeous-Alexander? And the NBA Top 75 is right around the corner. How many former Thunder players will be included on that list? That and so much more like comparing Josh Giddy to LaMelo Ball is coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. Daily Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thundersintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the training camp report for another day of Thunder Camp. The similarities between Josh Giddy and LaMelo Ball coming over from the NBL. And talk about the NBA GM survey. And the top 25 list that's going to come out from the NBA as well of top 25, or I should say top 75 uh, players of all time in this league. So again, find me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles, also at thunderousintentions.com. And of course, right here on the Lockdown Thunder podcast every single day. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Subscribe on all the podcasting platforms, including on YouTube for free and make us your first listen Every single day to get caught up to date on everything with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And let's start with the training camp report. The Thunder returned to the practice court uh, after their preseason opener. And we got an injury update from Mark. Kenny Hustle still out with that toe injury. Kenneth Williams. Uh, Mark says that he would have played yesterday if it was a legitimate game and regular season game. But given the preseason nature, did not play in the preseason opener on Monday with the Tuesday practice. Didn't participate in that either. And again, it's just kind of precautionary. Kendrick Williams is a great, you know, locker room guy, a great culture setter. But on the floor, you know what he brings. You know what he is. And the only real question about Kenny Hustle on the floor can't be answered right now. 
The only question about Kenneth Williams' game is, was last year's three-point shooting a product of the environment? Was it a product of no fans in the stands, better sight lines in these arenas without fans? Was it a product of just getting the opportunity and getting in rhythm? Or is he going to take that quantum leap from beyond the arc and take it into the season and continue that trend? And this is just who he is now from the three-point line. That's the only question. You know you're going to get rebounds. You know you're going to get hustle plays. You know you'll have great defense from Kenny Hustle. You know that you'll have all those things that you can't quite quantify. The only thing you do not know that you have from Kenny Hustle is his three-point shot. And let me tell you, for any player that can shoot as well as he did last year in an NBA game, he is a lights out in practice. In fact, players who do not shoot the ball in real games are lights out in practice in the open gym. So you're not going to find that out about Kendrick Williams whenever he plays in practice. So if he has anything bothering him, there's absolutely no reason to push him in practice. He's just not one of those players where uh, you really gain a whole lot from him practicing. It's just not really there for Kenny Hustle to practice. Now, Derek Favors, who's been in and out of practice so far this training camp with a knee injury, which Mark has stressed is not an injury. It's knee maintenance, but uh, it's caused him to miss a few practices, and he went non-contact again today. The plan for Mark is contact practices Wednesday and Thursday, a day off on Friday. And in my opinion, that kind of sets Derek Favors up going off of Mark Dignock's plan. That kind of sets Derek Favors up to make his debut for the Thunder on Sunday against the Bucks. Because if you take his word for the contact practices on Wednesday and Thursday, the off day on Friday, we can assume the team will travel to Milwaukee on Saturday, and then it'll line up for Favors to play on Sunday. That's not guaranteed. That's just speculation off of the plan on the return to play plan for Derek Favors. Mick Critchie was also out with a visa issue, and we've seen the Thunder handle this before. It happened with Tim Albon. It happened with Gabriel Deck. It's happened now with it. Uh, they'll get this figured out in a week, maybe. Uh, who knows if he can play Sunday, but it, he's still dealing with that visa issue right now. Um, now, all away from the injury, because luckily the Thunder were very healthy, especially in a practice right after a game to where they can just have a full go from everybody else not listed. That's very fortunate. Now, what happened at practice, SGA had some fantastic quotes, but he also lets in on a little behind-the-scenes thing about playing yesterday, and he mentioned that he was very tired. On the floor, very tired. You know, Mentally, emotionally, it was very fun to play again, be back out there for SGA, but he was very exhausted. And you know, it showed in his efficiency. He still played a really good game, and I think that it kind of explained why there was a few moments where you know the Hornets double team came late and it kind of caught SGA off guard. You know, we forget that this is not like a video game simulator, right? Like you're not going to get that notification that says, oh, Shea's 100%, and then boom, put him back in your my GM rotation, put the minutes where you want him, and let him run free. He's going to have to work back into that NBA uh, quality shape that he wants to be into, and and that's why this is so valuable for him in terms of practices and in terms of preseason games. That's why Mark said, look, don't look too much in the rotations. We know how much minutes guys needs, what what guys need to get back into their regular season form, and we're just going to give that to them and then get them out of the game. So SGA said he was very tired yesterday, but it still felt good to be out there. He also had a great quote about Josh Giddy, saying that his 
that Josh Giddey's brain is ahead of his age. And I think that that really sums up Josh Giddey perfectly because you can tell that the head coach, Mark Dagnott, that his teammates, Josh Giddey's teammates, have a ton of faith in him and view him as this really mature basketball player. I know he has funny TikToks. I know that he is, if you look at his social media, a you know genuine and practical and stereotypical 18-year-old. But on the floor, there's like a different, a different switch that gets flipped. He's a totally different person on the floor. And you saw Mark yesterday, not only trust him to start the game, but also in those secondary units, everything was pretty well flowing through Josh Giddy. And no matter a preseason game, a practice, or a playoff game, your head coach has to trust your point guard. And to play somebody that way and in that role takes trust. And some coaches, are it's harder to gain that from, like a Rick Carlisle, than others. But for Mark, it seems like you know the the pro experience from Josh Giddy and, and and how hard he's worked in the training camp period and earning the respect from his coaching staff and his and his peers has gone a long way. And we we know so far, and it's hard to make conclusions about Mark because he's only got one season under his belt as a head coach. And Mark Dagnall did a phenomenal job last year, uh, going up from the blue from the G League to the NBA head coach. And it was a pandemic season, and it was weird, and the roster construction was pretty weird. But we do we did see yes, you know, last season that he was comfortable playing rookies. He was comfortable playing young guys, and he had Tim Aldon lead the team in minutes played last year. And sure, SGA going out, you know, kind of leapfrog Maldon's minutes into the rotation, but he was playing those two guys together a lot. And so I I don't think that if SGA was you know healthy the full season, that we'd have seen Maldon's minutes come down all that much. Sure, probably comes down a little bit, but I'm not sure it was it would have been the dramatic kind of drop off in minutes for Tim Maldon. And, and I think that Josh Giddy is getting that same respect and getting that same treatment this year. And so that was kind of a a good peek behind the curtain on what his peers are seeing from him in SGA, kind of the leader, the captain of this ball club. Uh, Mark talked about how last you know last game he played Basley at the five and. That's a role I want to see Baisley in more, and Mark mentions it here. It allows the Thunder to switch everything. And when the Thunder want to play small, as they do, they've constructed this roster where there's not very many traditional big men on the floor. And a lot of the times, your, your tallest guy will be Josh Giddy at 6'9", Jerry at 6'9". You know, these players who aren't seven feet tall aren't these gigantic centers, right? If you're going to do that, I would prefer the Thunder have a ton of versatility. And Baisley brings that. Baisley can switch one through five. Dort can switch one through three and be competitive on fours at times in a, in a certain you know, mismatch that, that happens through the course of a possession. SGA can go one through three. Giddy, we'll see what he can bring. He's ahead of the curve defensively, and I thought he'd be right now. We'll see what he can do in the future. But having that switchability factor allows you to have more flexibility. And really... Bays at the small ball five embodies everything you want. I think he's a better playmaker than Jerry or Isaiah Roby, for example, the two other small ball fives. He's a better ball handler than those two players, better passer. I think he's a better rebounder than both those players. He's a very, very good rebounder. I think he's a better switchable defender than both those two guys. And then you get into shooting where maybe Jerry has the edge. Maybe Basley does. 
driving, where again, I think that Basley has the edge on driving. I think that we're, we're getting to a point where Basley could be a fit for what they want to do and going small in that, in that center spot. We saw it a little bit in the bubble. I wish we saw it way more in that Rocket series in the bubble. And I'm interested to see how much we see it this year in the regular season as the team tries to find a way and find a role for Darius Baisley. Because last year's usage of of Baisley, the the positions they put him in last year was not good. They did not set him up to succeed. You can criticize Baisley how you want to. He was not put in great spots last year, in my opinion. We'll talk about the rest of training camp. We'll also talk about the simulators between Josh Giddy and LaMelo Ball and so much more on today's Locked on Thunder. But first, I want to say right now, what are good friends over at Sweatblock? Listen, Sweatblock is doctor created, doctor recommended. It's phenomenal. Works up to seven days per use, dry shirt guaranteed. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back, no questions asked. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. Bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews, and currently the number one Amazon antiperspirant product out there. That's very impressive. Manufactured in the USA, it is your little secret to confidence. It's just a big confidence boost because you can wear what you want without worrying about sweating through your shirt or sweating through your garments. It's great. Try it out today. It is a must-have for big presentations, for first dates, second dates, Heck, even a hundredth date. You never want to be sweating out. You never want to have that embarrassment of sweating profusely and then trying to figure out discreet ways to wipe your sweat off your brow. You don't want to do that. Skip all of that nonsense with, with getting sweat block. Sweat block is here for you to help you out. Make sure you go there right now to sweatblock.com. Use our code locked on. Our code locked on gets you 20% off at sweatblock.com. They're also available on Amazon and of course at your local CVS as well. I'm going to say right now, we're good friends over at the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app is revolutionizing fantasy basketball, and the revolution will be televised. Sleeper app is taking fantasy basketball and making it like fantasy football, which is a great thing. You probably play fantasy football every season. There's a good chance that you do. And yet, even as you're a big basketball fan, because you're obviously listening to this daily basketball podcast, you probably feel intimidated by the basketball fantasy world because it's so much busy work. It's so much work every single morning. And I remember to set your lineups and maximize your opportunity to win that week. And so games come down to who is willing to put in more busy work, who is willing to find their advantage in games played. And you're just winning games, not based on skill or strategy or finding that under the radar player. You're winning games based purely upon how many games did your players play that week on your roster. And that's not a fun way to play. You know, you're not a better fantasy player just because you can have the time to set your laps every single day. It's not a part of strategy. And so Sleeper App built a game picks model where it's a whole league that you can play with your friends and you pick one game per player, per starter on your roster. And so that game is the only one that counts. And so you get to just pick it on like, say, Sunday, Forget about it, go through the week, and then see what happened the next week, just like fantasy football. It's you know calculated based on, for you, how you can set that lineup is based on player matchups, based on home and away splits, based on opponent defensive rating, pace of play. Everything that goes into how you pick that one game is the strategy. Not The strategy is not, you know, 
making sure you're there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and seeing who's all playing, taking the guy out of there that's on an on-off day and putting the guy back in there that can earn you some points. None of that stuff. Sleeper app's the way to go with their new game picks leagues. Make sure you check them out at Sleeper app right now. Because you know, fantasy basketball will be started pretty soon. I want to thank you right now for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning. We're here for you every single day. Now on YouTube as well. Subscribe on all podcasting platforms for free, and you can get a daily podcast about your thunder. Make sure you do that as well. Like on YouTube, comment on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, all of that fun stuff. Thank you for the YouTube bump yesterday. Huge day on YouTube. Amazing reception. I appreciate all of you. Very nerve-wracking. Very nerve-wracking to now be on YouTube. You can ask my bosses. I was very hesitant about this switch, but you guys have been very welcoming and very open. I appreciate that. So thank you for making us your first listen. I want to talk about some of the similarities between Josh Giddy and LaMelo Ball. And this is not going to be to compare the players one-to-one. So don't get your don't get your hopes up for this hot take debate, right? It's not about that. Right, so LaMelo Ball stands. You can kind of stand down for a second. It's not about who's better right now. Is it Josh Giddy? Is it LaMelo Ball? Who's going to be the better player in the future? No, just taking their careers and seeing how they could mirror each other a little bit. Because I think that these two players have the same skill set and have the same play style. And the same things were said about Josh Giddy and LaMelo Ball in the pre-draft process. These guys are elite playmakers. They struggle to shoot the ball. They're big guards. They rebound well for a guard position. Who knows what they add on defense? They can't shoot the three very like Everything about them was kind of similar. They both played in the NBL as well. And... I think that the goal for the Thunder should be to have Josh Giddy become a LaMelo Ball type of player. And when you see the passes Josh Giddy made last night and you see the, the cross-court whip pass with his offhand and the overhead pass to Muscala on the low block and the great bounce pass to Muscala and all these other passes that went along with last night, when you see those things, it makes you drop your jaw and you're in awe and then you wonder – Okay, who else in the league can make that pass? That list is pretty short. And on that list is LaMelo Ball. These are two very fun players to watch. So here's the comparison. In the NBL, LaMelo Ball, and again, he got hurt in the NBL, so this is kind of tougher to do. He shot 25% from the three-point line, 37% from the floor, 17 points per game, seven rebounds, six assists, and a steal per game. Josh Giddy in the NBL. 10 points per game, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 30% from deep, 47% from the floor. Josh Giddy obviously, is a bit more conservative with his three-point shots. He's not taking the one-legged, half-court, step-back three that the Melo's comfortable doing. He's not there. He's not doing that. So that's kind of where you might see that percentage disparity of, like, you know, maybe they're the same quality of shooter, It's just one guy's taking way more difficult shots, and so it's hurting his percentage. So take that into account whenever we start comparing these players right here. Uh, Lemon Ball, of course, was drafted third overall, rookie of the year, all-rookie team, his NBA rookie season. He averages 15 points, six rebounds, six assists, and then shoots 35% from deep. In the NBL, right, he only shot 25% from three-point land. Josh Giddy so far in one NBA game. Again, one NBA game in a preseason game in 28 minutes. He went two for four from three. 
18 points, seven rebounds, only three assists, but it easily could have been six or seven if he had better teammates, two assists, and I should say two steals, I should say, with those three assists. Josh Giddy, I think, will play starter minutes this year. It's clear to me that he'll be a starter and play those starter minutes again. This is a team where they felt comfortable playing Tail Maldon the most amount of minutes on this roster last year. And again, last year was very weird, but still, it's not something that Mark will be shy to, right? I think Josh Giddy, and this is almost a fact to me at this point, after watching last night, he's going to be on the all-rookie team. If nothing else, based on the sheer volume of playing 28, 30 minutes a night in the NBA at his size, he's going to go get rebounds. He's going to compile rebounds at his size. He just is. Whether he plays, whether he likes to go down low, he will compile rebounds. He's going to have these highlight passes, and eventually these guys will knock down shots and he'll have four, five, six assist nights. So he's got rebounds. He's got assists. And just by playing on the floor for as long as he will, you'll see, you'll see him rack up points. I mean, that those 18 points were effortless. I never thought there was a possession where Josh Giddy was just simply hunting his shot and didn't care and was just going for his own bucket. Like, it was all within the flow, all within what he was attempting to do. And so, as a compiler of stats, I think he's going to be an all-rookie player. He's not going to win rookie of the year. But the main comparison here is the NBA game helping out NBL players when they come over. We talk a lot about how college guys will benefit from the better spacing and all that goes into the college game where you're not really running great sets and you're still playing kind of old school basketball to now playing a more spaced out modern style that fits these AAU type of players. Because you go from AAU to like this cramped, you know, kind of old school coaching, it really throws you off and you get back into that more fluid spaced out style in the NBA. And so I wonder, and it's only been one game, but so far Josh Kitty goes two for four from three and that's 50%. And he shot 30% a year ago. Now he's not gonna be a 50% three point shooter this year, but can he be 35? Can he, can he improve by five points in the NBA with better spacing, with better teammates, you know, playing next to Shea instead of whoever he played against, you know, played next to with the 66ers. I mean, could he do it? I think that if he becomes a league average shooter with all that he brings offensively, and if he's a quality enough defender, he's one of the best rookies you're going to see, and he's going to bring you a ton of joy this season. So there is precedent for a jump from the three-point line from the NBL. And Josh talked about in the pre-draft process that, his three-point shot was kind of hurt by an early season slump last year in the NBA. So there's precedent for guys just getting simply better when playing in an NBA-style offense and with more space on the floor. Will that happen for Josh as well? Because he has he has the it factor in terms of passing. Like, we might have even underestimated while calling him elite with his passing. We might have even done him a disservice in the pre-draft process of, of not praising it enough because he's that good and that elite. And that takes nothing away from the mellow. There was a few Hornets fans, I believe, or, or just simply the mellow fans, if not Hornets fans, that took me salivating over these Josh Giddy passes as kind of a as kind of taking away from from Lamelo Ball. No, not at all. Like just because I didn't reference Lamelo Ball last you know last show doesn't mean it takes away from him. I'm saying if if one of the only guys you can name whenever I talk about these passes, these whip across court pass with your offhand, 
when one of the only guys you can name that can do that is LaMelo Ball. And that list becomes LaMelo Ball and Luca and, and like whatever other players you want to throw in there that can make those kind of nifty passes. When you think of all the NBA players in the entire league and that have ever played in the entire league, and that list gets cut down to five to 10 to 12 players, it's a special tier. There's a special group. It really is. So take nothing from that besides how great Josh Giddy played yesterday. And of course, the Thunder are hoping he can be anything close to the middle ball because if he is close to the middle ball or is the middle ball or is better than the middle ball, any of those three options are really good for this Thunder rebuild. It sets the Thunder up very well in the future. So that's kind of what you're looking for when you're talking about the Thunder. Coming up, let's talk about the NBA GM survey and the NBA top 75. But first, don't say right now, they're good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams return to the football field. As always, BetOnline is number one spot for pro and college football action. With new updated site and interface, even more options, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football. It is perfect for you to go to BetOnline.ag right now and try it out today with our code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's incredible for you to use. You can bet on the spread, the over-under, prop bets. You can bet on everything in this entire sports world that you want to bet on, including college football, which includes Oklahoma and Texas. And if you want to know the spread on the Oklahoma-Texas game, you will find that Oklahoma in this game on Saturday is a three and a half point favorite against Texas. So take that for what you will. If you want to place your bet there, go to betonline.ag and use code locked on when signing up for your account at betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder Podcast, on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you for free on all podcasting platforms, including YouTube. Make your second listen of the day, Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Get the edge up on how to beat and win your league in fantasy basketball with Josh Lloyd, who hosts the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. The NBA GM survey has come and gone, and the Thunder were somewhat represented. SGA was pegged for a breakout season. I think that we all argue in Oklahoma City, his breakout season was last year, and that was his breakout year. Uh, But for these GMs and GMs, whoever's filling out these polls, right, it's somebody in the GM office, could be an intern, could be your basketball ops person, whoever it is, right? For someone to say, hey, it could be a shades of breakout season. 
after the year he had last year, which you'd imagine anyone working in an NBA front office would understand the year that SGA had last year. You know, it makes you believe that there's some people out there in NBA executive worlds that believe that there's another step to take for SGA, which goes into his great quote from yesterday at practice. Whenever asked about the floor and ceiling for his season this year and the team season this year, he says, I do not want to put a ceiling on anybody, especially not myself. So he still feels like there's room to grow for his game. He has that confidence. And you know, last year did not get to play a whole ton with because of that injury. And right when he got hurt, you were seeing that that flip of the switch, right? Remember that Bulls game where it goes to overtime and leaves that huge 22-point comeback. And that game felt like the game where, okay, this is it. SGA realizes he is in control of one of 30 franchises. You can say what you want to about playoffs, tanking, records, projections. Doesn't matter. When you're in control of one of 30 franchises, when one of 30 entrusts you to lead them where they want to be in the future and pay you max money and put that investment into you, it has to be liberating. It has to be just this incredible feeling. And you saw him take over this franchise during that Bulls game. Because before that, we were saying, wow, you know, SGA, his first time getting to be a point guard, he's really deferring a lot. We need him to be more aggressive. Like he's doing the right basketball play. He's making the right basketball play and all. He's doing the right decision-making. Everything he's doing is right. But he has to realize, sometimes I can't pass up a good shot for a great shot whenever I'm the guy that should be taking these shots, right? Because a good shot or an average shot from SGA is better than a great shot from Mike Muscala, as much as I love Mike Muscala, just as an example of a player, right? You'd rather have the ball in your guy's hand. And it felt like that Chicago game, he realized that. And he that kind of resonated with him in that Chicago game. And so after that, of course, there was not very many uh, games left of his season because of this foot injury. You know, he really got in a roll there for a stretch and then got hurt. And so maybe he does still have a, a, a you know, a secondary gear, a second gear to get to, a third gear, fourth gear to get to this season. That'd be fun to watch. It really would. I think it'll for sure leap up in points per game to like 25, at least, if not more. That'll help him a lot. I think that you saw him working on his low post game. How can that factor in? Now playing with more ball handlers like Josh Giddy. That's what he's been working on this summer. This is low post game. So some GMs believe that there's another breakout year coming from for SGA. The Thunder also received some votes for the best offseason. A little surprising to me because I've been saying, hey, this is a B plus, A minus, or A tier offseason. And all three grades have been met with uh, skepticism from fans that are the fans of the Thunder. And so the NBA GMs think that they had a good offseason. One of the most surprising moves of that offseason was buying out Kimba Walker. And I would tend to agree with that, with that being a surprising move, a move that you would not have projected to happen at the time. Now, the most interesting part was not the fact that they got no votes for the good core or that Lou Dork got no votes for the defensive award categories like all-around defender, like perimeter defender, like versatile defender. The biggest point to me was that whenever the GMs were asked, who is the best European player or overseas player or international player, you know, not in the NBA right now. The number two option 
was Mitchich, who the Thunder own the rights to. He just won EuroLeague MVP. Uh, obviously, he flirted with coming over this year and ultimately did not work out between the Thunder to bring him over and him to come over. He wanted security that he couldn't get at the time from the Thunder, went overseas and went back to the EuroLeagues and kind of will ring supreme over that league again as the MVP of the league. But it's good to know that NBA GMs are taking, you know, kind of you know survey or taking notice that Mitchich is very good because I'm not sure if he ever plans to play in the NBA, if he dreams of playing in the NBA. From everything that I've ever read or, or heard him say, it seems pretty obvious that he's content playing overseas forever. Uh, he's perfectly happy and that he's not chasing NBA dreams by any means. He feels comfortable in himself and content with himself that he's playing and dominating overseas. But if he ever did want to come over, doesn't really fit the Thunder. I mean, you imagine that the Thunder will still be very young and still try to, you know, rebuild this thing for at least two or three more seasons. Well, this guy's already 27 years old. He'll be 28 in January. And so the timelines just don't perfectly match up for Mitchich and the Thunder. And so if NBA GMs are taking notice of how good this guy is, maybe he's a trade asset for you in the offseason. And no, it will not bring you back a great first-round pick or anything serious to write home about. But if it brings you back a future second or two future seconds, those are valuable. Not incredibly valuable on the surface today, but two or three years from now, or four or five years from now, when you do get that second round pick, that can go get you a guy the caliber of a George Hill, as we saw at the deadline this year. And while you don't want a George Hill caliber player right now for this Thunder team, because you want your young guys to play and to develop, when you want to win basketball games again, you're going to need reinforcements. You're going to need George Hills on your roster, whoever that will be in five or seven years, whoever fills that new George Hill role. And you get those guys, with second round picks. And also, of course, you can draft second round picks and you know, take flyers on guys who need opportunity. And I mean, JRE looks like a very good second round pick option for the Thunder. There's always going to be value like JRE that is great as a first round talent that slips to the second round. Aaron Wiggins looks awesome for a late second round pick as well so far this year. Uh, so the second round picks are very valuable. If you can get that for Mitchich this offseason because GMs understand how good he is, that's great. It really is. So the NBA will release a top 75 player list as they did a uh, top 50 for the 50th anniversary. This will be for the 75th anniversary. We'll dive in to more of this list once it actually comes out. But Mark Stein, who's been around the game for a long, long time, knows a ton about basketball has a newsletter on Substack, which is, seems like everyone has a newsletter now. So it's on Substack. It's one of the first ones I saw actually have one now. Um, obviously a great basketball mind and somebody who has great historical context. Look, I know my, limitations right that's one of the i think one of the best traits you can have is being self-aware i know i'm 23 years old i can't tell you how good bob Cousy was outside of listening to chris russo rants about him every single day i don't know if bob Cousy was actually very good right my limitations here prevent me from making a very credible top 75 list for the nba i can make one for the entire thunder because i've seen the thunder run the thunder history um, I can't make one for the actual entirety of the NBA because I've only seen this new generation of players, just kind of recent generation of players. So taking that context from a guy like Mark Stein was interesting to me because he made his list today on Substack, which you can go find uh, Mark Stein Substack, which he promotes on every single tweet of his uh, on Twitter for Mark Stein. And these are his locks. 
not all of them, but I'm just going to give you the Thunder-related ones. His locks are Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul. And those are bona fide top 75 players to me, but these are also the guys I grew up on. So, you know, for somebody to say that who's seen a large group, I don't want to date Mark Stein, but who's seen a large pool of players that I have not seen, for him to say that those guys are locks to get in confirms my bias of saying the same thing. And it just kind of, to me, reiterates how fortunate we've been in Oklahoma City. Sure, Carmelo at the end of his career and, you know, Chris Paul as a rookie with the Hornets and then as a, a Thunder member a couple of seasons ago, um, you know, we've seen a ton of great basketball in Oklahoma City. And, and the Thunder have only been around for a few seasons. I would go as far to say that they have a, a better history than a lot of franchises in the NBA. I mean, to have that five locks that have played in the Thunder jersey Five locks on the top 75 list. It's incredible. It truly is. And one of his bubble players was Pedro Stoyakovic, who played with the Hornets in the Oklahoma City. So even if you want to count that, you've seen six top 75 players if Pedro Stoyakovic gets into the list in Oklahoma City, in Bricktown, in this community. It's awesome. It really is. And again, we'll go more in depth on this whenever it actually comes out. But I thought it was good to see Mark Stein kind of confirm what I thought that these guys should be locks. But again, I just didn't have the the great historical context other than what's been passed down to me. I know that Bob Cousy should be on the, t- on the top 75 list, but I don't know that for sure, right? I don't know that for a guarantee because I didn't get to watch him play. So just an example of kind of uh, deferring to somebody who knows more than you do. Uh, coming up on the show, tomorrow on Thursday, we're going to be buying and selling stock into each player on the roster. We do this every single year. We buy or sell players, and then we revisit that at the end of the season. On Friday, we're going to preview the Bucks game with another what to watch for. Monday, we'll recap that Bucks game on Sunday uh, and talk about that game as a whole for preseason game number two. And then we'll continue next week with preseason rolling and our preview content for the entire season. It is sneaking up on us very fast, so never miss a show by subscribing anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube for free. Everywhere you can subscribe for free. Thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.